and welcome to the first episode of the 2023-2024 school year, and this will be the 26th overall episode, and how are you guys doing this year? I'm doing great. It's our second day of school, back in back in the WCAT studio here, and I'm happy to be with my guys here for our 26th episode of WCAT Chats. Yeah, I mean, no better way to start off the school year looking over sports. I mean, they've already, a lot of the fall sports already in full swing. First football game coming up on Friday. It's Battle of Buckhead, so it's really an exciting first week here at Westminster. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything's starting off. The volleyball, softball, they're already already going great. And also, the, as you mentioned, the Battle of Buckhead this Friday. Make sure to come out to our uh, football stadium as it's going to be Westminster versus Lovett a great game every single year you'll see this and so make sure don't miss out and speaking of all of the new sports we actually have a new athletic director on the campus coach soars and actually Kate Harley was lucky enough to get a chance to sit down and talk with her down in Turner where all the athletes are so let's just go right to Kate with that interview Hey Wildcats, I'm Kate Harley and I am so excited to be joined by Westminster's new athletic director, Ms. Shannon Soros. Ms. Soros, thank you so much for being here and welcome to campus. Thanks, Kate. I'm excited to be here and I've been here for about 30 days and I'm loving it. Yeah, well, I know students want to hear about all about your plans for Westminster, but first, let's just focus on you. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing and what role sports played in your life growing up. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this, but I'm the daughter of a long, longtime high school field hockey coach and so I grew up on the sidelines of athletics fields and around hallways like this, gyms like that, yeah. pool decks like this. And I'll tell you, a lot of my fondest memories are of watching my mom lead young women through sport and watching the power of that sport bring teams together and, and ultimately find success. But throughout that mm -hmm. success, lots of great stories individually and, and collectively from a team perspective. So um, I'd like to think that that really, that really is what motivated me to get into athletics. Yeah. And I've had a significant career in it at, at a significant amount of levels, whether it be the grassroots level or at the collegiate level, yeah. also at the pro level. And now I'm here in an independent <laughs> school setting at one of the best independent schools in the country. And I'm really, really excited to be working with bright and driven student athletes mm -hmm. like yourself and lots of great coaches that we've got um, in that hallway around the corner <laughs> as well. Yeah, well, we're happy to have you. And I mean, focusing on your time at school, playing field hockey, what are some of your best memories from that time? Yeah, you know, a lot of people will say winning championships is a great thing, and I've I've done that. But for me, it's it's the journey and the process, the mm -hmm. the hard practices, the meals with your teammates after mm -hmm. a, a great game or a tough game, mm -hmm. um, the bonding that takes place within mm -hmm. an environment that that breeds teams. Those are some of my my fondest memories. Um, is just the the connections with people that you get to make and the lessons that you learn throughout probably more so the challenges yeah. than, than the actual rewards and accomplishments of it. Yeah, well then at William Mary, you definitely had some accomplishments and successes. I think fifth all-time in assists, that's amazing. What was your time like at William & Mary? Yeah, you know, I, I tell a lot of people this, my time at William & Mary was, um, was really rewarding. And in most part, it taught me how to work hard. Mm -hmm. um, I was surrounded by probably a, a lot of the types of, of students that, that are here on a Westminster community, mm -hmm. really driven, hardworking young people that were presidents of, of their high school class or valedictorians of their high school class. And I realized really quickly, like, in order to keep up, I'm going to have to work mm -hmm. hard and I'm going to yeah. have to put the time in. And so, um, you know, I'd go to practice, I'd go to classes, I'd go to practice mm -hmm. from four to six thirty. I'd eat in the cafeteria from six thirty to seven. And then I'd spend seven to eleven thirty or midnight in, in swim library. And yeah 
that's where I really learned, like, if, if you want to reap the rewards of this experience, you got to work hard. And I really do think that a lot of that experience I've carried with me throughout my, my professional life and hopefully I'll instill in my kids as well. Yeah, definitely. And then looking at your professional life, you've had a great career as a coach, both at VCU and Georgetown. What do you think you'll take from your experience as a coach and translate it into athletic director? For me, it's all about culture. I, I was never somebody that was obsessed with the sport of field hockey or the X's and O's. To me, it was the connection of teams mm -hmm. and uh, learning how to push past what you ever thought was possible in terms of your internal limits and, you know, us being able to create an environment that is conducive to a healthy, a supportive, a challenging student athlete experience is gonna be really, really important. And you do that through investing in people and investing in relationships. Yeah. And, and that's culture at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I think culture eats X's and O's for, for breakfast. Yeah. Definitely. And one thing that stood out to me about your time both at VCU and Georgetown is the academic side of all of your teams, both on campus and then just in your regions, like in the Big East at Georgetown. So for you, how do you focus on creating real student athletes? Yeah, well, we're all here for the student. Uh, at the end of the day, you're our why. If you didn't exist, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't <laughs> have jobs. And I've had the privilege of going to being a student athlete at, at a school mm -hmm. like William and Mary, working at an institution like Georgetown, and it is so so fun to work with bright, driven, talented mm -hmm. young people that have an energy that's contagious because yeah. you know that they're going to have an amazing experience as a student athlete. But then they're likely probably not going to go pro in the sport mm -hmm. that they're playing. They're going to go into the real world and impact it in yeah. a positive way as citizens, as professionals, mm -hmm. and. Some of my, my best experiences at Georgetown was watch, were watching my, the young women that were a part of our program yeah. leave and go into the Peace Corps or become doctors and lawyers and nurses mm -hmm. and teachers and professionals and film producers, you name it. Yeah. But watching those stories pan out and being able to play a really small part in yeah. that journey and growth was, is something I'll always be, always be proud of. Yeah, that's amazing. And one thing I'm very curious about is recently in August, you started Bloom Sports Partners. So just what's your mission there and what are you about over at Bloom Sports Partners? Yeah, about a year ago, um, a colleague and myself, we were working for a boutique sports advisory firm that was heavily present in the pro space. And we got our foot in the door in the sport of women's professional soccer. And it was right at the time that Michelle Kang officially took ownership of the Washington Spirit, which is an NWSL club. Mm -hmm. And we had the opportunity to go into that organization and help her understand what she was walking into as a new owner. So what did the talent look like on the sporting side mm -hmm. of the organization? What did the core operating processes look like? What did the organizational design look like? And then we partnered with her to help her identify strategic priorities to, to build what she wants to be the best women's soccer club in, in the world. And she's on her way to doing that. But that was kind of the domino uh, yeah. for us that fell that allowed us to get into a lot of these women's professional teams and help them build something special and increase the quality of experience for women's professional athletes. And so that's what, what Bloom's about is um, helping to lift the standard on the yeah. women's side and, and professionalize women, women's sport. That's really cool. I know here women's soccer at Westminster is huge, so I'm sure they'll be happy to hear that. Um, and now let's just moving to Westminster. Um, like you said, you got here about a month ago. What are you thinking so far? I know you're moving to the south from the northeast, probably a little bit hot, but are you enjoying it so far? The weather is no joke. I will tell <laughs> you that this humidity is real. Um, yeah. We've been here about a month. We have felt so warmly welcomed by the community of Westminster and whether or not that's 
parents or students or staff or cat backers, they've mm -hmm. all been amazing in making this transition as smooth as possible. Yeah. Um, we're loving the Atlanta area. We're trying lots of new restaurants and coffee cool. shops. That's my love language. I love <laughs> finding new places to eat and, nice. and share meals with people. Um, and, you know, coming into Turner and mm -hmm. having the keys to, to the office and, and rearranging it a bit and getting our, my stuff put in made it feel a bit real. Yeah. I'll tell you what made it feel more real is now that we've got student athletes back yeah. in this facility, walking the halls, we're hearing the <laughs> cheerleading team right yep. now practicing cheers, we're volleyballs bouncing the ball down in the mm -hmm. ox gym, football's on Kent Field, softball's on, on their field, you know, we're back. And yeah. the fact that there's, there's energy and youth mm -hmm. in this building makes this really, really exciting for me and I can't wait to get going. Yeah, no, it's like you said, I think Turner Gym is a very busy place. And that's something, I think Westminster often has a reputation of being an academic school, but it's also an athletic school. And so for you, how are you going to keep kind of maintaining the standard that Westminster has created in athletics? Yeah, people will hear me, will hear me say this often. I genuinely believe that um, our sport programs can and should serve as extensions of the classroom. Mm. They should be a place where our student athletes feel connected, feel challenged, feel mm. supported, feel seen. Yeah. And we're gonna do everything that we can in this department to make sure that we are providing that type of a student athlete experience to mm -hmm. you and all of your, your classmates on mm -hmm. this campus. Um, you know, Westminster has built its reputation based upon the academic excellence and mm -hmm. rigor um, that that it embodies here and that'll be no different but yeah. we we can also be competitive in athletics while mm -hmm. still upholding a significant standard of, of academic excellence as well and i'm excited to see those two those two things continue yeah. to, to marry yeah definitely i've been talking to some student athletes on campus and they've talked about maybe on their teams that um, maybe aren't in the spotlight as much. Sometimes they feel maybe they're not getting the same funding or attention as other sports, despite their excellent performances. So just kind of what's your take on that and the relationship between all the different teams on campus? You know, I just mentioned our sport programs being a place where student athletes can be seen. Yeah. And I think that's no different for our coaches as well. Yeah. I'm conscious of the fact that we're in the South and, <laughs> and football is, is a big deal. Right. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from it because it is important. Right. But every other sport program here at, at Westminster is equally mm -hmm. as important. Mm -hmm. And the way in which I intend to, to show that through action is to be present. Um, and so, yeah, I've been up on Kent Field <laughs> almost every day of football practice. Yeah. I've been down in the volleyball gym watching practice. I'll go check out some of cheer and mm -hmm. some of softball today. I, saw Gideon and, and his teammates in his time trial yeah. yesterday for boys cross country. Yeah. I wanna be around. And my hope is that just me being around and our staff being around will show student athletes that what they do matters yeah. and that they're seen. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I know they're going to appreciate having you around. I think another thing Westminster Athletics has seen the past couple of years is the reclassification, moving from 3A to 4A. So how are you going to create a relationship with the GHSA and be a voice for Westminster? Yeah, that's a great question. And I will be honest with you, I still have a lot to learn around mm -hmm. the GHSA, but the good news is we've got a lot of people in this department, coaches, athletic staff members that have been around a long time and have a lot of institutional knowledge and understand the nuances of GHSA. Mm -hmm. I'd love for us to, to have a seat at the table yeah. and to build relationships with folks at, at that office. Mm -hmm. um, 
And we can only do that by being present right. and serving on committees mm -hmm. um, and actively having having a voice and taking part in those conversations. So I'm looking forward to doing that. It may take some time, Definitely. but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then talking about a voice for students, how do you think they can get involved in athletics and just being a voice on campus? Yeah. So I believe Lane McLaughlin and, and Coach Marty Wild have, have done a great job of, of creating the Student Athlete Advisory mm -hmm. Committee, which yeah. I had the opportunity to meet with during my interview and mm -hmm. that was my favorite part of the interview process. So yeah. much energy in that room, so much great feedback, so many valid insights. Um, I look forward to regularly meeting with that group yeah. as well and learning about their experiences and partnering with them to find ways for us to increase the fan attendance at games yeah. or increase the quality of experience that student athletes are, are mm -hmm. receiving in the day to day here. Um, yeah. The, the student athlete voices, the student voice and the student athlete voice is important. Mm -hmm. It's critical to the work that we'll do mm -hmm. to evolve and continue to grow as a department. And we want to make sure that they feel heard and seen. Yeah. yeah, I know that group has been great on campus, both on the coaches side and then the student side. I know so many people enjoy being a part of it. Um, now, I think I know what your answer is going to be to this question, but if you could add any sport to Westminster, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. And I think there's a lot of interest from from the community around various different sports to mm -hmm. be added to this department. And we're going to have to identify the right process to to yeah. vet that interest and and hopefully meet folks where they are around mm -hmm. interest levels for sports. Um, I will tell you, field hockey likely <laughs> likely isn't going to make it in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I don't think there's any club sports or, mm -hmm. or interscholastic programs here. Um, so I, I doubt that's going to happen. You don't see it <laughs> south of the North Carolina state line, but I'm looking forward to learning about opportunities and interest levels for, for sports. I'm, I'm not going to give you one that I'd like to add <laughs> because I know there's a lot of folks out there right. that have got an interest in it. Definitely. Well, I think we've been so interest, interested to see new sports. Westminster just recently added eSports, so you're right. There's definitely lots of people who want new sports to be involved. Yeah, and lots of, lots of students that within our community that are working really hard in respective sports outside of this athletic department, you know, mm -hmm. whether it be water polo or fencing or women's flag football, you yeah. name it, there's there's no shortage of, of interest. So um, looking forward to, to learning more about it. Yeah, well, definitely just to wrap this up, is there anything you'd like to say to students, to the Wildcat Nation? Yeah, I am so excited to get to know you all. And, you know, not, if you're if you're a student at Westminster and you don't happen to participate in, in athletics, I'm looking forward to meeting you too. And my hope is that we can be present outside of this department and support the various divisions on campus, support the performing arts, uh, attend some some symphonies if we can, attend some plays and and show show our support for everybody on campus because it's important. We're a community and we're working together and I'm just excited to get to know everyone. Thank you, Coach Soares. Can't wait to see you around campus. And now let's turn our heads a little bit to the football scrimmage. We saw last week, unfortunately, the Cats did fall to Athens Academy. But although it was a scrimmage, it was still very important to see for the coaches and also the players as well. They also had another scrimmage two weeks ago that Palmer and I were able to attend at North Atlanta. They did lose that as well, but it was a pretty close game throughout the entire entirety of it. But we do also have a QB battle for QB1. Yeah, I mean, Western. that's been the main theme so far of the preseason. Kent Perkins and Michael Bouet battling it out. I was actually able to talk to one of the football players yesterday, you know, only five or four more days till the game versus Love, and he said their depth chart says 1A, Kent Perkins, 1B, Michael Bouet. The coaches still haven't decided who's going to start on Friday or maybe if it'll be split time. So it'll be really exciting to see what comes out of that. 
Yeah, so far from what I've picked up with the coaches, they will be splitting snaps. And there's two completely different styles of offense. For Kent, it's more of like a field general type of quarterback. He can stretch the field vertically, throw from the hash mark to hash mark, get it all the way across the field. And then for Michael Buhay, he's better with the RPOs, the running plays, rolling out of the pocket and seeing what's open downfield. I mean, on JV last year, we saw a lot of rushing touchdowns for Buhay, so maybe he can take that kind of almost second aspect of his game and put it into play against Lovett this Friday. Yeah, Buey is such a great dual threat QB, but I think what's giving Kenton the not the advantage right now, but he is a senior and he did play in six varsity games last year. So, you know, I think that definitely is in the back of the coaches' minds as they try to make this decision here. Mm-hmm. Now moving on over to softball, they beat North Springs 7-4 to a week ago, and it was they were led by CeCe Schrader, who hit a triple, and Kate McDonald also tallied three hits that game. Yeah, they had on total 11 hits and only eight and pretty much eight strikeouts throughout the game. And on the pitching side, it was a it was a combined effort with Helen Slauson, who we've seen pretty much every year just be the workhorse for their pitching staff and Kate McDonald, who went they seven strong innings for the from mm-hmm. the workhorses there mm-hmm. and they gave them their first one of the season. But I mean, last night, probably the most exciting win they have had all year. They beat Millergrove 15 nothing, but that was overshone by a perfect game by Adelaide Banks. I mean, what a remarkable pitching performance by her. I mean, it was only three innings, so I, I don't think we could really constitute the magnitude uh, of a perfect game, but three innings know. of perfect perfect pitching is still really <laughs> hard to do, especially with three innings, zero hits, zero runs, zero walks, and eight strikeouts. So it's really good for Adelaide. She struck out eight of the nine hitters she faced, which is just incredible. So they also have a game tonight versus Decatur. And then on Monday, they have Mount Hebron. And then on Tuesday, they face Druid Hills. Yeah, so it is home against Decatur on this today, which is the 16th. And so hopefully you guys can come out and support. And if not, make sure to come out to Druid Hills, which is our next home game on the 22nd. All right. Now switching on over to volleyball. They so far are 6-1 and one with Captain... Ellie Myers and MC Pope, and last night they played against Mount Pisgah and won two to zero. Yeah, I mean, so far they've been great. Like you said, last night had two Mount Pisgah and North Atlanta beat, won both of them two nothing. And so far through the year, they've already been in Tallulah Falls, North Forsyth, Dawson County, Cherokee Bluff, Cambridge, and um, just study, just study. I think that's how you say it. I've never heard of that school before, Hold to be I, Did you know, actually, when I was driving up to the lake this oh. summer, we did pass just Daddy Middle School. So it, it is up it in, is. It's up in Gainesville. Yeah, in Gainesville, Georgia. Yeah. And they won that 2 nothing. And they also fell to a strong Wesleyan team, too. So that's a good matchup to look out for in the future, as the Wildcats so far, besides that game, have just been running unopposed. They've just been a very dominant team on the court. And we've seen a couple of videos of them going on on the Westminster Twitter and Instagram, and they look very strong out there on the court. Yep, and then this Saturday, they play South Forsyth and Chattahoochee and River Ridge. So make sure to come out to those games if you can. Something that's been really interesting, if you look through the volleyball team stats, obviously you have the people who you expect to be leading in the stats. You know, Ellie Meyer, Sophia Joe, and Lucy Shee. You also have freshman Tony um, leading the team in kills, receptions, as well as, um, where is it? As well as kills per set. And, you know, she's done a great job. What, yesterday was her first day of high school, but before that she had already played in seven varsity volleyball games and has already been making an impact, and that's really impressive to see by Tony. Mm-hmm. Now over to cross country. Yeah, cross country. The girls just started their practice, and the boys had a red, white, and blue inter-squad meet last week. 
And the boys also have their first meet, which is the Kosh Classic on Saturday. And 11 different teams will be showing up to compete with the Cats. The girls' cross-country team still have a couple of weeks before they get their season going. But we do wish them the best of luck in their practicing. And hopefully the boys can come home with a W on the, when it comes to the Kosh Classic. And then move it on to the pro sports. Boy, this weekend was a treat. Obviously, first week of NFL preseason. And one of those games was the New Orleans Saints against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Harrison Bucker, Truman Jones, two Westminster alumni, went up against Blake Gillikin, another Westminster alumni, in the Superdome down in New Orleans. And what a great game that was. And I, I love watching those three play. I mean, they're all really good at what they do. Blake Gillikin, Harrison Bucker, both what's it called all-star what's the pro, pro bowlers. bowlers pro bowl level kickers and then also truman jones this is his first year in the nfl but looking to make a splash hopefully he gets some playing time in the in this season but now moving over to will benson who is having a career year palmer it's i know only you, his first his full second, mlb year first of all i mean i mean like his like best pro level stats yes. yeah i mean yeah it is by far mm-hmm. palmer i know you you've been paying attention to him for a while been reaching out to him a little bit so give me a rundown what's been going on with him yeah i mean will benson he's been you know probably the starting left fielder just about every day in that cincinnati reds team which for a little bit people said that that was america's team right they had ellie de la cruz up a lot of young players and they, you know they were making a run for that NL central crown and he's just been playing spectacularly 1.5 war which I'm not going to bore you with some stats like that, but you know, for the basic people, hitting 283, 39% better than an average MLB hitter. And out of that eight hole up in Cincinnati, he's done a spectacular job. Yeah, he's doing really well getting on base with a posting a 386 clip. Also slugging the ball very well, 516, wow. but not even mentioning his defense. He's a very strong defensive player with some good speed and a very strong arm. So make sure to tune in to Will Benson as he'll be playing with the Cincinnati Reds for the rest of the season. Very excited to see what Yeah, and the do. Reds could be making a playoff push. They're only three and a half back in the division and one in the wild card, so we could be seeing Will Benson making another playoff appearance like yeah. he did last year. Hopefully last he year, doesn't drop the Gatorade. Maybe he doesn't drop the Gatorade this time. But we'll, we'll, we're going to be excited to see what he can do. And if you would like to see our interview with Will Benson last year, make sure to go take a look. We'll definitely link it in the bio. It was a very fun interview. I loved I loved meeting him. He was su- such a cool guy. Yep. And then move it on to the Atlanta Braves, the best team in baseball. Last night, they one hit the New York Yankees. Bryce Elder on the bump, seven innings, one hit. He shoved. What a great ground ball pitcher. Only three Ks, and that's what Bryce Elder can do. He's beautiful. The Savant Page is ugly, but he shoves. And what Palmer means by the Savant page is ugly is there's a website called Baseball Savant. It gives you percentiles for like pitching velo and how hard you get hit as a pitcher, the average velos that come off the bat, and then also the expected outcomes of your uh, results. And so when he says that Bryce Elder isn't the best Savant pitcher, he means that all a lot of, of his blue outcomes circles. And, exactly. The blue circles doesn't mean that he's the yeah. best pitcher, but somehow he gets results. He yeah. gets results. And that's what you saw yesterday against the Yankees. But you can't take it too seriously as the Yankees are a joke and can't manage to win anything. And we've seen that time and time again as Yankees are now 500 on the year. Aaron Ooh, Judge. For the first time since 1995. For the first, this is the latest they've been 500 since. Since Jeter was a rookie, I believe. Since, uh, That's the stat that. I saw. Before, uh, before? wow. Yeah, it's been, it is ridiculous. Aaron Judge has no. It, it's just Aaron Judge in the lineup. Aaron, Anthony Rizzo got a concussion, so he's out of there. And unfortunately, 
Anthony Volpe, the prized possession of the Yankees. Defense was atrocious last night. I mean, over the season, he actually has a plus defensive. Yeah, he uh, like, he's better than the league average. Same with sprint speed and stuff like that. He's a young rookie. He's got some pop. But, man, we got to get on base. He's posting sub 300 on base percentage. It is, it's making me sad. I mean, you want to talk about how much of a disaster the Yankee season has been. You talk about Rizzo going out with a concussion. He had had that concussion for two months before the Yankees staff <laughs> realized it, that he had been hitting his worst he had ever hit in his yeah. career. He's sitting like 139. <laughs> they finally figured out, wait, maybe he has a concussion. After people on Twitter have been saying it ever since it, the play happened. Yeah, his OPS, which means on-base plus slugging, dropped from 920, which is one of the best Very in the good. league, Very elite. to 730. Which is below average. Which is below average. It is for the Yankees season. Comes pretty good. It is completely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, it's just not even fun to watch. Injuries have plagued the team. The pitching staff. Look at Luis Severino. <laughs> he has above an eight ERA. Last night against the Braves, he went four innings, five earned runs, and it dropped his ERA. All right, that's it on the Yankees. It's making me sad. Atlanta United. Nine, seven, and eight. Wow, what a record there. What? Nine wins, seven eight losses, ties. and eight ties. That's soccer for you. Wow. Seventh uh, in their conference? Which is good because top eight teams do make the playoffs. Okay, look at that. They play the Seattle Sounders on, on Saturday. So Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, so watch out for that. I think it's been crazy to see. We've seen Messi now join the MLS. So that's Messi, been, Messi, Miami's Messi. become a, a lot of fun to watch. I've never seen more soccer posts from ESPN before. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Messi's on the team, and it's like every day you're getting three posts. Messi you needs see, to come to baseball. Maybe baseball is finally getting some attention. Every single... Uh, like messy highlight is mm -hmm. just on ESPN. It's really cool to see. I've never been uh, so in tune with soccer before. I mean, it, I, with Messi coming yeah. to the MLS, it just kind of opened up a new door for a lot of fans uh, just like me. Now moving to the Falcons, they had their first preseason game beating the Dolphins 19-3. to And normally in a uh, normal season game, that's very important. Unfortunately, it was preseason, so it doesn't actually matter. But what did you guys see in that game? I mean, the Falcons are doing what the Falcons are going to do. I mean, they're – We've seen last year, they're just going to run the ball. That's what they're going to do. And with subpar, you could say, quarterback playing Desmond Ritter, I mean, we're not going to have an elite guy like a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes who's going to go Jordan out there. Love. Jordan Love. Sure, Jordan Love. <laughs> and he's going to win you a game. But we're going to have to play, small, you could say, small ball. We're going to have to mm -hmm. run the ball, get your screens, get your guys moving. And that's, that's what the Falcons are going to have to do this year. And if they keep doing what they want to do and accomplish what they want to do, they're going to have a solid season. Now, I got a question. The Falcons have Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, and Bijan Robinson. Yep. How are they going to mix the ball around between those three? And what are they going to do with Cordero Patterson and Bijan Robinson as they're both very capable in the passing game? That's a great question, Alex. Um, we're going to have to work. We'll, we'll, we'll we're going we're gonna to have to wait and see. We're going to get Arthur Smith on here to talk about that. Yeah. Um, something that was really interesting to see, I believe I read it somewhere, they ran the ball 36 times, passed it 25, which was actually a lower run percentage than they had all of last regular season. So maybe they'll try to incorporate the passing. You know, Desmond Ritter only played a couple of games last year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, hopefully he can have a really nice year, too, here. You know, the fourth-round pick out of Cincinnati. I mean, he did lead that Bearcats team to the college football playoffs, which was unheard of at the time for yeah. such, I don't want to say a poverty franchise, because that's not the right word, but a small school to be up there competing with the likes of Alabama, Georgia, Michigan. 
And now before leaving football, I want to talk about some of the QB documentaries that have been coming out on Netflix, and they are very entertaining. I would suggest going watching them. Johnny Manziel, that story is incredible. But then also you have the QB show. Where Desmond Ritter is, where Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota, Patrick Mahomes, and Kirk Cousins, who I love. He is just like a, a father he, legitimately, he's just like a normal dude playing NFL, which is just, you'd think that I'm kidding, but you go and watch the show, and that's literally what he says he wants to do. He dresses in like, in like uh, tourist clothes. It, it's, it's so funny. Have you guys watched that show? What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I watched a couple episodes of it, and I thought it was really good, and I don't know. I need to find some more time, but now with school back, um, you know, we'll see. All right, cool. Now to the fun. Yeah. Yo. We got a wheel. I don't think we're going to screen record it because I don't feel like putting in that effort. But we got some exciting things here. I'll move it to the center car if you want to click on here. Should we bring in some people? We have some crowd outside if they want to join us for the wheel. I don't know. All right, spin it, car. They're all misspelled and whatnot, but. I don't think they're. We'll do like two questions. Favorite summer memory. Let's go knitting first. Me second, Palmer third. Left to right, or right to left. Well, left my favorite right. summer, well, about 80% of my summer was playing baseball. So I'd say maybe that, but I had a fun time going to L.A. to see my family. So I'd say that's oh, probably Jeff my favorite memory. I would say 81% of my summer okay. was playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Put in the work, put yep. in the time, come great. Um, and I would say probably my favorite part of the summer was going to Nashville with my team. It was uh, one of the only trips I uh, took this summer, but it was so much fun. Um, just getting to know the guys. This is my first year on my team, and it was it was just a lot of fun bonding. Well, although you may think that I play baseball because I spend so much time talking about it, I don't. So zero percent of my summer was spent playing baseball. I played with some wiffle ball. Yeah. No, I didn't even play much wiffle ball really. But I would say probably the highlight of my summer was going over to Japan and actually watching some baseball there. Very interesting, you know, the cultural norms, the cheering, how passionate fans were to see two crummy teams go at it. And that was just really exciting to see this summer. Yeah, must have been a really cool experience. Was. Did you get to watch Trevor Bauer? I did not see Trevor Bauer. I tried to make it work, but unfortunately it didn't. But, you know, he was an all-star. He was. Fan elected all-star. That's okay, a, how do impressive. we <laughs> How we rolled the same one again? Palmer forgot to cancel the, uh, the option. All righty. Drum roll. Do like one or two or three more. School-related event coming up this year that you're most looking forward to. Well, what events do we know are on the docket? Like, what, what, what do we you, got? You could do some comments. Westminster Love It, Christmas Pageant, Handelsman's Messiah. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go with two. You want me to start? Okay. Go you got it. Pigskin Picnic. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited one. to commentate that. I will be joining alongside Kate Harley and Luke Parikh in the booth, so make sure to tune in on NFHS Network. And we, it's a lot of fun to commentate. I love doing it. I'll be the color commentator this year. Excited to interact with some of the crowd and the younger kids during the Pigskin Picnic. And then also looking way down the road, baseball. this spring we will be having baseball. Ooh. And I'm very Ooh, excited baby. to start my junior year playing alongside this man and maybe – we can do something special on the baseball field. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Westminster Wildcats are looking forward to a great year on the baseball diamond after a, a little bit of a playoff push last year. Yep. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can go even farther. But f- um, for me, it's probably either the Battle of Buckhead 
or something weighed on the line now that we're finally juniors when those seniors get off campus and we're the weird little we're seniors for a day kind of Man, weird that's nonsense be crazy to think but in like, a year we'll seniors. be seniors is exactly that's, yeah yeah so I think that, and also, you know, baseball season. Got some, hopefully, some big plans up in the booth to call y'all's game. Maybe we'll pull out a Raider gun, you know, get those velos up on the broadcast. Maybe some more cameras. We'll see. All right. Alrighty. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I didn't hide it. If we get the same one again. Oh my, oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> the probability of that's actually absurd. All right. This is the last one on the wheel. Just close it off with a bang. Ooh, best ATL restaurant. Palmer Ruth, take it away. Um, hmm. you know, I don't really eat out for eat out other than to get like Mexican food, maybe you know some sushi. So I'm gonna go Nuevo Laredo Cantina. It's probably, in my opinion, the best Mexican food. I know some other people have that same opinion, so I'll go with that. I love me some Mexican food. You know, I'm not gonna go a. I I don't believe that this is a uh, like a singular franchise. But I've been going there a ton recently. McDonald's. It's really good. It's called the Bull Lab. It'll be in oh, Vinings. Yeah. It yeah. is very good. It's a uh, it's poke bowls, but you can choose whatever you want to put in it, and it is delicious. I love going there. I've probably gone there five times this summer, Try that out. and the majority of the time it's been in the past month. So, Roger, been... you close this out. Uh, for me, I think uh, I'm gonna have to kind of contrast Palmer's pick. He picked Nuevo Loreto, which he told me was the best Mexican restaurant in Atlanta. I went to it, and I actually um, have to disagree. I'm gonna have to go with a little smaller joint up in Woodstock called Agave Azul. It is in the outlet. It's in an outlet mall. It has this one thing called a pina loca. It's a pineapple that's been emptied out. Half the pineapple. You got chicken. You got vegetables. It's oh, it's so good. So I'm about to go with agave azul. Is it chicken vegetables like rice or? So you it? got it's a pineapple, right? You got emptied out. They got some chicken in there. They got some like onions, bell peppers, and you make your fajitas with the stuff inside. Huh. Fajitas. Interesting. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for the 26th episode, and it looks like it'll be a good year. Thank you guys so much for watching, and make sure to look at the rest of our videos that Will Benson interview, and also tune into NFH Net. A NFHS Network this Friday as we'll be doing the Battle of Buckhead. Superman, superhero theme, I've yes. been told. So dress out in all your superhero garb, you know, maybe dress up like Spider-Man or whatever your favorite superhero is. All right, thank you guys for watching and go Cats.